0: Hi guys, and welcome back to the Mystery and Comedy all-time radio podcast. Please welcome to the show this morning to chill our spines. Ms. Kathy Lewis. Ms. Kathy Lewis started her career out in the late 1940s wanting to become a singer before becoming an actress, moving from the Windy City of Chicago to the sunny side of california in hollywood miss kathy lewis appeared in many movies and television shows such as Molly X The Devil at 4 o'clock Kid Love Killer The Party Crashers Double Trouble But what a lot of people remember Miss Calculus for is her 1940s performance behind the microphone Ms. Calculus appeared in many roles on many shows such as Lux Radio Theater The Clock Suspense and many others but what Miss Lewis is best known for is portraying her character in 1947 Miss Jane Stacy beloved friend and roommate of Miss Irma Peterson as played by Miss Murray Wilson in the 1947 radio show, My Friend Irma. She is also known for playing Hazel in the comedy TV show sitcom, Hazel. But t- today, Miss Kathy Lewis comes to the show to reenact three of her suspense performances. In this first episode, she plays a woman who who is uh, walking down a foggy road when all of a sudden she spots a car. The man picks her up and the man is admired by her beauty and by how beautiful she is. As they drive along the man is too occupied on her and not occupied on the road ahead of him he ends up hitting a passenger a pedestrian and they end up leaving trying to find out what to do next but later on he does not know that the woman is using him to get her and her hired crony across the border to Mexico. It is called Run, Sheep, Run. Co-starring with Miss Kathy Lewis is her husband, Elliot Lewis. And in the second episode, she plays another woman who has been manipulating this man into killing her husband. She has everything planned to the T, but is unaware that the man that she has fallen in love with ends up killing the wrong person and it is called Mudder for Myra. And in this final episode we bring Miss Kathy Lewis to tickle our funny bone in the CBS comedy show *My Friend Irma*. In this episode, Jane Stacy is um, sitting with her beloved roommate Irma Peterson in their apartment one day. When all of a sudden Irma mentions that this she saw a beautiful woman with Richard Rylander. And Jane becomes very jealous and thinks that Richard is cheating on her with the new girl that he has just hired. So she writes him a letter of resignation and is very upset in the letter. But comes to find out that Richard is an awesome boss. And a wonderful man to her. So Jane tries her best to avoid Richard from opening the mail that she has written that letter. And it is called The Red Hand. I hope you guys enjoy Miss Kathy Lewis and her performance on the show this morning. Join me later on tonight, guys, as I bring to the show Mr. Edward G. Robertson in two episodes of Chill Our Comments, and then join me for this past Friday night's episode later on tonight as well. Thanks and enjoy the show, guys.
1: Tonight's presentation of radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Tonight, the story of a man who killed and a woman who helped him try to get away with it. It's called Run, Sheep, Run. Our stars, Kathy and Elliot Lewis.
2: I just want I'm
3: going to kill you.
2: Now, Hazel, why do you always say that?
3: I am. One of these days, i Hazel, I'll... honey,
2: it's the fog. I'm in a gas station now, just below Redondo. The fog's been so thick. You're doing
3: sick... it again, fabricating. Honey... It's making up stories. Fog. Why don't you say hail or some other terrible storm of nature? Typhoon and be done with it. Fog. And here it's as clear as crystal. Honey, Hazel. Who you got there with you? How many girls? Now, Hazel, you know. Better get home, that's all. All right,
2: the fog's lifting a little. I'll try to chance it now. But it's been so heavy, honest, I thought I'd better pull up by the side. Honey? Hazel, honey? Hazel? Oh, Hazel. Hazel. a fine girl, a good wife, a good cook, runs a neat clean home for me, but she's got one fault, a nagger. Another thing, always telling me I make up stories. A guy works eight hours a day on the steel lathe in an aircraft factory in El Segundo. How much energy has he got left to make up stories to his wife? Like about the fog, for instance. What's there to make up? Fog hits the coast of Southern California regular like clockwork this time of the year. Like right now, it's got a kind of gray-white color and it curls in real slow from the ocean and it stops up the traffic. And from far away, over the honking of the automobiles, you can hear the foghorns out to sea. And the ships, the freighters and the steamers, a very musical sound, faraway sound. And it reminds a guy of things, like your ship hits a port of call and you lean over the rail and look out and in the fog there's a face waiting for you. Just for you. Warm, beautiful, and shiny. Another thing, I'm a singer. I drive in my car, I like to sing. Her face was very beautiful. My headlights hit it just right. No mistake. Not the fog, not the mood. A very stunning face and the smile, sweet. And she was standing a little way in the street, holding up her thumb for a ride.
4: Hi. Ride? Ride, mister? Sure. Hop in. Thank
1: you. Thank you ever so
5: much.
2: Don't mention it. <laughs>
5: what? I
4: like
5: the... Oh? I like the fog and the feeling of being lost in it. You do? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If I were a thousand miles away from anything and anyone. Nice feeling. Exciting. Secret and exciting. How come... Yeah?
2: A girl like you, how come you have to... I mean... You
5: mean why I was hitching a ride?
2: A girl like you... My
5: car stalled about a half mile back, and I was alone. And I don't know anything about cars. So I just left it there and started to walk. And then I remembered my thumb. I just held it up.
2: But somebody like you... What I mean is it could be dangerous getting a lift from just anybody, get in some stranger's car and not know what kind of...
5: You'd worry about me.
2: Well, yes. Yes, I would. Girl, I? Well, it's just...
5: And a gentleman.
2: Oh, it's just if I knew anyone like you, I'd worry. I, I...
5: like you.
2: You headed for Long Beach? Uh mm-hmm. huh.
5: You get to that stop sign up ahead, turn left.
2: Why? Coast Highway'll take us right into. Well, Long... Maybe
5: it won't be as crowded as the Coast Highway. Maybe not so foggy. Maybe it is a little out of the way. Maybe it'll take longer. But
2: left, just up ahead. Yeah. I live in Long Beach. Work in El Segundo. Make the drive every morning and night. I live in Long Beach. Where do
5: you... What's your name?
2: Joe. Joe Haywood.
5: name's Roberta.
2: Roberta. Roberta what?
5: Just Roberta. Call me Bobby if you want.
2: No. I like Roberta. I like I can be driving through the fog and see a lovely... and see her and stop so I can help out a girl whose name is Roberta.
5: In shining honor. Through banners of mist in shining honor.
2: My wife's name's Hazel.
5: Joe and Hazel. Joe and Roberta.
4: Joe and
1: Roberta. <laughs> it's bumpy. It's rough.
5: Yeah. I told you maybe it'd take us longer.
1: Fog's just as heavy. Heavier. Uh-huh.
4: Nice. Do it again? Watch out! Joe! Joe! What? What's the matter? You hit someone.
5: You hit him and and ran over him. What are you talking about? I just. You didn't see it, Joe. The fog and you were looking at me. You
2: mean it? You mean I hit. Someone, huh? you
5: better get out of the car. Take a look.
2: Yeah. Maybe i better. Oh. Joe? Like you said, I hit a man. I ran
4: over
5: him. Oh, Joe. He's dead. I'm sure, Joe, you... You know, sometimes a quick look like that—you can't. You
2: sure? I'm sure! I killed a man,
5: Joe. What? what? What's going to happen to you? What happens now? I don't
2: know. Just keep quiet a minute, huh? Sure. Roberta,
5: a nice person like you—a really wonderful person—to get mixed up in a thing like this, and, and police. What well, do you tell them? How you were riding
3: along singing? And looking at me and, and, and manslaughter—that's what they'll do to
4: you. Oh,
2: Joe! Roberta, oh, trouble. Roberta, oh, You worried? Oh, you worried about me?
4: Yeah. Yes. Yes.
2: Listen, listen, Roberta. Just listen to me.
3: Trouble. Terrible trouble. You yeah,
2: trouble, and I don't know what to do. A thing like this never happened to me. Never. I'm all mixed up.
5: Let's get away from here. Let's just. Get I killed a man. Let's, let's get away from here. you there. hear me? It's never happened. Please to... let us get away from I here. I just killed a man. I won't tell. Honest, I won't tell. I'd never tell Joe. Joe, we can't
3: just sit here. Please.
4: Please. 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 All right. <laughs>
3: All
2: right. <laughs> I don't know too much about things like this, so I can't explain not exactly what it feels like to kill a man, and I can't explain not exactly what it felt like to hear her sobbing, the girl whose name was just Roberta, and the way she leaned her head against my shoulder and sat close and shivered, and then was quiet, real quiet, and not moving away from me, just staring straight into the fog. I kept driving, is all I know, like it was some mechanical reflex. I got back on the coast highway and kept driving past where I live, past Long Beach, past Seal Beach, past Balboa, south, just outside Laguna. The fog started to lift. Joe. It's okay. We're a long way from... You okay?
4: Yeah. And you?
5: I'm
2: okay. Where are we? Just outside of Laguna your eye on the rear-view mirror, will you, Roberta? What? The car just behind picked me up outside Balboa. I think he's been following me.
5: Maybe. I don't know any way to tell for sure. I know
2: a way. There's a place just up ahead, cocktail bar, parking lot. I'll turn in there. I guess I'm just jumpy and scared. Very scared, I don't mind saying. So,
5: as long as we're here, couldn't we have... Yeah, as
2: long as we're here, a drink would help relax me. Let me think instead of being all knotted up inside. You want to?
5: Yeah, yeah.
2: It was a place Hazel and I used to go to a lot before we were married. That kind of place. Jutting out over the ocean and a glass wall to look through at whatever horizon you had in mind that evening... Candles and wrought iron on every table and piano music. And the sound of the ocean washing against the beach and the place swaying with the tides rolling in from the South Pacific. About a place like that, I can talk like that. We found a table close to the glass wall, and I asked Roberta to order for me, and I asked her to excuse me for just a minute Mm -hmm. as I had a phone call to make. Operator. I want Terminal 2... One, four, seven, six, in Long Beach, operator.
3: One moment, please. That'll be $0.15, please. Yes,
1: ma'am.
3: I'll ring your number. Hello?
2: It's Joe, honey.
3: You better be calling from the hospital, is what I've got to say to
2: you. Just listen, will you? Something happened. A broken
3: leg. Broken legs? What? What happened to you, Joe?
2: Will you just listen to me?
3: Or maybe you got mixed up in some gambling parlor, and you don't dare show your face back home because you lost every penny you ever had. The house, the car. honey, it's nothing like that. Gambling. It's a... Gambling. Le-
2: Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Now be a good chap. Take my word for it. Her word, too. I'm very sorry. Good night, lady. Good night, sir. Hey, now you just wait a minute.
5: What happened, Joe? He thought he knew me. I was setting him right when you. Come on. Come on, sit down. I've been waiting. I waited to drink with you. Joe and Roberta.
2: Joe and Roberta. We drank our drink, and I ordered another one, and we drank that. Not a whole lot of talk. Sat and looked at the ocean. And in a while, the clouds over the water moved away to some other country, some other ocean. And there was left a moon. People often remark how nice I talk about pretty things. But there was no talk that night. Anyway, hardly any talk at all. Just the music from the piano and another drink. And not think what happened way back there outside of Redondo. Not say it. I guess I must have looked at Roberta in some ways that... We better go. Not yet. We
5: better. Come on, Joe. Please.
2: Yeah, I better. So I called over the waiter and paid him and gave him a very nice large tip. And we went outside. And in the parking lot I saw something.
5: What's the matter? Why are you stopping?
2: That car parked there. What about it? It's just like the car I thought was following me. It's exactly the same car.
5: I swear. You better let me drive, Joe.
4: Hmm?
5: Maybe you got too relaxed from those drinks. Maybe it'd be better if I drove. Give me the keys, huh, Joe? Come on.
2: Yeah. It'll be better. You drive. Here are my keys.
1: Reverter I'll
4: help you in shit.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm
2: sorry for for what I got you into for being kind of loaded,
5: the way I am. Oh, now, you just
6: put your head on my shoulder. You don't think of anything. Oh. Traffic accidents throughout the Southwest. California State Highway Patrol reports that a short while ago, a man was found dead on Vernon Avenue outside Redondo. As yet, he is unidentified. But he is a victim of a hit-and-run driver. The Highway Patrol has asked that this announcement be made... So that any person or persons who may have seen the accident
4: will immediately.
2: Robert, they mean me. They... Maybe. What am I going to do?
5: What? But you heard it, Phil. For sure. What? Sleep. I... That's what you're going to do. Sleep. Close your eyes and nestle close
4: and sleep. Sleep,
2: Joe. Yeah, maybe. So my hell clear. Sleep. Uh, uh, sleep.
4: That's it. Close. Your...
1: Kathy and Elliot Lewis in Morton Fine and David Friedkin's story, Run, Sheep, Run. Tonight's presentation in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Tomorrow night, CBS Radio's 21st Precinct Thriller begins in the early morning hours when a woman approaches a cop on his beat and announces... I Just Shot My Husband. It's another poignant story of Captain Kennelly's 21st Precinct, titled The Shotgun, one that will touch your heartstrings. Hear it on most of these same stations tomorrow night for another revealing insight on the human element in police work. And now we bring back to our Hollywood soundstage Kathy and Elliot Lewis in Mr. Lewis's production of Run, Sheep, Run, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense.
5: Hello, you old sleepyhead. Uh, Now, don't don't think about it.
1: Where are we?
5: Just south of San Diego. We'll be a national city in a little while.
2: You know what I did?
5: I don't want you to think
2: about it. I killed a man.
5: For my sake, don't. And I'm running away.
2: Look. What? Over there, the sun's coming up. See? It's the start of my first day as a fugitive.
5: It's... Honey. Honey? Of course it's honey. What we've been through together, what we... For just a minute. What? Everything
2: seems different. It's a new day, and my mind's refreshed. I don't know what you're talking about. A new perspective. Everything's
5: terrible. Well, honey, everything was terrible last night. But in the
2: light of a new day, listen, I've killed a man, and I'm running away from him. That's right. Joe Haywood murderer. Joe
5: Haywood murderer? I Don't think about it. In Mexico. In Mexico? Have you ever dreamed of Mexico, Joe? Very often. In an hour. Mexico. With me. Last night. I don't know what happened to me, seeing that poor man
2: lying there. I guess it was shot.
5: What made me do? Joe, Mexico. With me, Joe. I've been out of my mind.
2: First, there was a girl out of the fog. Me,
5: Joe, and I'm beside you now. And What are you shaking your head for? Am I not pretty anymore in the morning? You're beautiful. Am I... Well, then what? Stop the car. What? Quick, stop the car. <laughs> Now what? I'm going
2: to make a telephone call. That phone booth in the filling station. Who
5: are you going to call?
2: Hazel. You know I'm going to call Hazel. She's my wife. I've just got to call her. I'm going to tell her everything. How I killed a man... I want Terminal 21476 in Long Beach, operator. That will be 45 cents for the first
3: three minutes.
2: Yes, ma'am. And a quarter. Thank you. Just a moment.
3: Joe? Joe, where are you? I'm coming in,
2: Hazel. I'm going to give myself up.
3: Joe, are you all right? I'm going to face
2: the music, Hazel.
3: Face what music? What are you talking about? It's a long
2: story, Hazel, what's happened to me and the strangeness of events leading up you to... You
3: drunken bum.
2: Hazel, listen to me.
3: What's that music playing? And who are those girls I hear laughing There's at? There's no music. The girl, I'll bet you. And wine and whiskey. Joe? You hear me, Joe? Hazel,
7: please.
3: Don't come home. Don't ever come home. Now, don't
7: say that, baby doll. Hazel? Hazel? Uh...
5: Well, look at me, Joe. Now you come on and look at me. That's better. You certainly are a changed person in the morning, you know that? Anybody ever told you that?
2: You know something? I don't understand you at all. I'm glad Joe.
5: A little mystery in a woman. Roberta,
2: my wife is really worried about me. Roberta, we're going back. What? We're going back. And you'll testify... Oh, no, I'm not. It's the only way.
5: Not me, Jack.
2: Jack? What did you call me?
5: Jack. It's a phrase.
2: You want to know what? You don't look pretty anymore. Trouble?
5: He wants to go back. What is this? He wants me to go back with him to testify.
2: I know you. I know him, Roberta. He's the fellow who was talking to you at the bar when I came back from... I know you. Oh? What's going on here? What do you mean, what's going on here? What does this chap mean when he says, what's going on here,
5: Bobby? Bobby? He calls me that. You didn't want to, but he does. All the time. You please
6: get out of my car. Oh, uh, okay. uh, Don't struggle with me, fella, because uh, Bobby, make him let go of the steering wheel.
3: Okay. Now,
6: now, come on out here.
2: Oh!
3: Uh,
6: Something's funny. Very, very funny. The whole thing, the back road and
4: reverse... <laughs>
2: Now that was the first time in my whole life I'd ever been knocked unconscious by another fella. I didn't see him hit me. Whether or not that would have made a difference, I don't know. I've been called agile. I might have ducked or something. And I don't remember anything when I was out. Spinning wheels of color and voices and rockets bursting in sounds. Nothing. I opened my eyes. I was flat on my back. Up. I got up. Into the car. Behind the wheel. I got into the car and behind the wheel. Roberta was sitting beside me.
5: This is a gun, Joe.
2: That's a gun, Joe. She'll tell
6: you where to drive. You drive her there, you hear? Else she'll shoot you.
5: I will, Joe. Straight down the road.
6: And
2: I'll be following along, in my car. Bye.
5: Hi. You were
2: a liar from the word go, weren't you?
5: Hi, Joe. With a gun. Take your eyes off it. Watch the road. With a
2: gun. Uh-huh.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Where are we going?
5: U.S. Route 101, Joe. Just follow the highway.
2: Look at you. Pretty girl like you, sitting there with a pistol.
5: Straight down the road. To Mexico. I promised you Mexico, didn't I?
2: You think I'm stupid, don't you?
5: No, I don't. I'd rather what's going to happen wouldn't happen to you, Joe. Still, you'd shoot me. Yes, I would.
2: I don't pity you, Roberta. I guess I should, but I just don't. What's going to happen?
5: You killed a man, remember? I'm not so sure. What's the matter? Not so sure, he says. It's a light flash. What's going to happen? Well, I'll tell you. We're going to drive straight through to Tijuana. You like Tijuana? It's all right. Well, we're going to drive straight through. Then I think, Mark... Is he going to kill me? Honey, honey. I don't think
2: he's going to kill me. He's going to use me for a Patsy.
5: Patsy? What are you doing with that word? I
2: read. I read plenty.
5: And you are so right. You're going to be a patsy. Dump you in the car below Mexico where the police can find you. By the time they do, they'll have word you're the guy running away from a hit-and-run outside the gun. Patsy.
4: That's the word.
2: Joe. I didn't kill that man at all. Joe. You did. I didn't. Yes, you
5: did. Up ahead, Joe, is the border. Behave. Take your eye off the road for a second. Look at this gun. Now back on the road. Just behave, that's all. I got a story all fixed, just in case the border guard just behave.
6: Good morning and welcome to Mexico. We hope you enjoy your stay. Uh, where were you born? Me? If you please. Ohio. And you, senor, where were you born? Ah, uh, your father's Archer. Perdoneme me? Your father's
2: cucaracha, Jack.
6: I do not understand his belligerent, senor. I wish only to hear which estate you were born in. Also is Cumprasita. I can deny you permission to make a go. It will avail you nothing, madam. This man has insulted me. I suggest. Get him suggesting. You want a suggestion, Jack? The guy in that car driving
2: up. Talk to him. Guard,
5: my friend here is upset. The guy driving up.
2: He's the boss of an international smuggling ring. Smuggling ring.
5: We'll turn back, guard. My friend. Right there, guard.
2: He's packing 200 grand in his suitcase. That fellow there in the gray sedan. Suitcase full of money. Very big smuggler. In in the gray sedan? The one I'm pointing to. The gray sedan. The fellow's turning around. Oh, yes, I see.
3: Senor! That's the fella. Senor! Wait up! Go get him! Go get him! him! Will you accept the charger? He's in Mexico. Tijuana. Put him on. Go ahead,
2: sir. Oh, Hazel.
3: I've been told you're in Mexico, Joe.
2: Yes, Hazel, I am.
3: Please tell me why. Will you listen? Of course I'll listen.
2: I thought I had murdered somebody.
4: Murdered somebody. Hit and
2: run, it's the same thing. It is. But Roberta and Mart really did it. Beat up a friend for the money he had that he'd won in Vegas, and I was kidnapped, Hazel. He tried to get away, but the border guards grabbed him, and they found nearly ten thousand dollars in his suitcase. Boy, was I surprised! They got Roberta when she tried. Hazel, are you there?
3: Who kidnapped you, John? Roberta and
2: Mark, but it's all right. I tricked them at the border. Roberta had a gun on me, but I... Hazel? Hazel? Oh...
1: and Elliot Lewis were starred in Run, Sheep, Run. What's your definition of the criminal type? Have you ever looked at a man or woman and decided, inwardly we hope, that person is the criminal type? If so, you'll be fascinated by what befalls Casey, crime photographer, tomorrow night when he gets involved in a case he blithely labeled the criminal type. Surprise follows surprise, thrill follows thrill when CBS Radio's crime photographer takes his latest case. Tomorrow night on most of these same stations. Next week, the story of a man no one believed, even when he confessed to a murder. Anthony Ellis will be starred in his own adaptation of Elizabeth Bowen's Telling. That's next week on Suspense. Suspense is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis with music composed by Lucian Morowick and conducted by Lud Gluskin. Run, Sheep, Run was written for suspense by Morton Fine and David Friedkin. Featured in tonight's cast were Irene Tedrow, Mary Lansing, Tony Barrett, and Jack Crucian. And remember, next week, Anthony Ellis' adaptation of Elizabeth Bowen's story, Telling. You can join the FBI in Peace and
8: War Wednesdays on the CBS radio network. Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California presents
4: Suspense. Tonight,
6: Roma Wines bring you Mr. Lloyd Nolan as star of Murder for Myra, a suspense play produced, edited, and directed for Roma Wines by William Spears.
2: Hollywoodland. Myra had said.
5: Take the last bus, Ernie. That'll get you to to the, the house at about 1.30, and I'll see to it that his highness and I don't get home from the party until after two. That ought to give you plenty of your time to get set.
2: Well, I had taken the last bus, and it was 110. And we were coming to Beachwood Drive.
5: Don't ride all the way. Get off at Beachwood and Franklin and walk up just in case.
2: I pulled the cord. I was following Myra's instructions to the letter. <laughs> It harder than ever when I got off the bus. I turned up my coat collar and started up the hill. It was four blocks to the house. When I got to midway, I stopped under a tree. I was soaked to the skin. Then I saw the headlights of a car coming down the hill. I ducked behind the tree. When it passed, I struck out again. The house was dark. I walked up the driveway to the rear.
5: Go
2: in through the kitchen door. I'll leave it unlocked. I tried the door. It opened. I stepped in. I stood still, listening for sound. Then I closed the door.
5: Don't turn on the light. Remember now. Then look for the lipstick on the table.
2: I struck a match. The lipstick was on the table. The lipstick meant that the way was clear for me to go upstairs. The match went out, and I stuck the burnt end in my pocket. There was a puddle of water on the floor of where I'd been standing. I got a kitchen towel and wiped it up. Then I wrung out the bottom of my trousers and wiped the floor again. I took off my coat and went to the sink and wrung out my coat too. I looked at my watch. It was one55 Didn't have any too much time. Myra and the old man would be returning any minute now. So I walked into the next room. It was the dining room. The door on the other side of the room was open. Led into the hall. I could see the stairs. I walked into the hall and started upstairs. And the match went out. When I got to the top, I lit another.
5: Our bedroom's the first door on your right. I opened the door. Saw
2: the twin beds.
5: I'll keep him late at the party. So that by the time we get home, he ought to be pretty knocked out and fall asleep in no time. He'll have been up since 6 a.m.
2: And there was the closed closet. I opened the closet door. And stepped in.
5: You'll find the hammer on the top shelf. I'll hide it behind some old hats of mine.
2: I was groping for the hammer when I heard a car turning into the driveway. My first impulse was to run to get out of the house. Now that the time, come, I, I was afraid. I was deathly afraid. I started for the door and...
3: You've got to go through with it, darling. It's the only way. It's his life or mine. Don't you see? If
9: you love me, you'll do it. I
2: took hold of myself. Step stepped back into the closet and closed the door. I recall thinking. This can't be me. Ernest Cobb hiding in the dark with a hammer in my hand waiting to kill a man I don't know. man I've never even seen. Waiting to murder him in his sleep. This must be somebody else.
6: Roma Wines are bringing you as star Lloyd Nolan in Murder for Myra by Lee Horton and Paul Bernard. Roma Wines' presentation tonight in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense.
8: Elsa Maxwell's ideas on gracious entertaining are followed by women all over America. The other day she said this about Roma Wines. One of my favorite wines is Distinguished Roma California Sherry, a glorious golden and amber wine, delightfully light and nutlike in taste. Roma Sherry is ideal for any occasion, before dinner with appetizers, or during the friendly evening hours. Yes, good Roma Sherry, like all Roma wines, is always unvaryingly good. The goodness of carefully selected grapes, brought to perfection in California's choicest vineyards, Gently pressed, then, unhurriedly, guided to flavor richness by Roma's ancient winemaking skill. Yet all this goodness is yours for only pennies a glass. Remember, because of uniformly fine quality at reasonable cost, more Americans enjoy Roma than any other wine. R-O-M-A, Roma Wines. And now
6: Roma Wines bring back to our Hollywood soundstage Lloyd Nolan in Murder for Myra, a narrative well-calculated to keep you in suspense.
2: I stood in the closet and waited. I could hear voices outside in the driveway and the slam of a car door. The hangers loaded with clothes are poking me in the back tipping me off balance. I was standing on a pair of man's shoes. His shoes. I kicked the shoes out of the way and shoved some of the hangers back and closer together. I listened. was some sound from below. But everything was quiet again. And then I remembered... Myra's saying that they shared the driveway with the folks next door. (laughs) I put down the hammer. It must have been the neighbors coming home. I opened the closet door and stepped out. Still a little time yet. In the darkness, I noticed that Myra had left one of the windows open. It was raining in. I crossed the room, closed it. There was a nightstand by each bed and an alarm clock on one of them. I never heard a clock that made so much noise, just ticking. It was cold and damp, and I was shaking from head to foot. I couldn't tell whether it was from the cold or from fear. I sat down on the edge of one of the beds. Then I decided to have another look at the hammer. In a few minutes, I was going to have to use that hammer.
5: It's a big, heavy one, Ernie.
3: It'll do the trick all right.
2: I felt along the floor of the closet for the hammer. Then I hefted it experimentally. It was big and heavy. The kind that would smash a human skull. of clothes hanging there, many of them, his clothes. In the flickering light of the match, one garment caught my eye, probably because it was long and white and had big, gaudy flowers on it. It was Myra's negligee. She'd been wearing it that morning when I first met her five months ago.
5: What can I do for you?
2: Oh, good morning. I I hope you'll excuse me for bothering you. See, I'm taking a poll of homeowners.
5: What kind of poll?
2: Well, it, it has to do with your post-war plans.
5: <laughs> I don't have any. My husband does the planning in this family. I just go along for the ride.
2: Oh, I see. Well, uh, still, if you're, if you're not too busy, I would like to ask you a few questions.
5: Why not? I'm just sitting around twiddling my thumbs. Come on in.
2: Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> it's a beautiful day outside, isn't it?
5: Is it? I hadn't noticed.
2: I sat down on the sofa and opened my portfolio. I felt ill at ease. Bare emotions do that to me. And Myra's emotions that morning were as bare as... as her throat in that low-cut negligee. I knew right away that she'd had a row with her old man. In my business, you get so you can figure out things like that. And it was as plain as the nose on my face... My nose was pretty obvious that day. I'd been to the beach, and I was burned to a fiery red, and my nose was peeling. She laughed, then, at me, I
5: guess. (laughs) You got quite a case of sunburn, Mr... Cobb.
2: Ernest Cobb. Yes, I have, haven't I? That's too much beach, I guess.
5: I haven't been to the beach in two years.
2: Oh, don't you like it?
5: Sure, but what difference does that make? His Highness doesn't. His who? My husband. Let's have the quiz.
2: Oh, yeah. Yes, of course. Now, first, your name is... Blair.
5: Myra Blair. His name is Ray.
2: And, uh, and his business?
5: He's an aircraft engineer. A scientist.
2: Uh, and, uh, you... You don't work?
5: No, no, I'm just a housewife. The little homemaker.
2: <laughs> you, you don't sound as though you fancy the role Mrs. Blair.
5: I hate and despise it.
2: Oh, that, that's a shame. Uh, any children?
5: Yes, a daughter of four named Julie. She's at nursery school.
2: And now for the questionnaire. Are you planning... I mean, do you know whether or not your husband is planning any extensive repairs or remodeling on your home after the war?
9: I haven't the foggiest notion. It's like I told you, I'm part of the decorations here. What I think and how I feel doesn't count. Oh. I suppose you think I'm talking out of turn. Well, I am. I'm sick and tired of the whole mess. He comes home and smokes his filthy pipes and tinkers around his workshop down in the cellar, and I just sit here. Night after night it's the same thing. Look at me. Am I so hard to take?
2: Well, he, he's probably just got his mind on other things. Yeah, yeah, but...
5: I know. Planes, planes, planes. That's all I hear.
2: That's the war, Mrs. Blair. Heath he's... He's
9: not... the same before the war started. I'm not getting any younger. I want to have some fun. Do you blame me?
2: But, no, no. I, I think everyone's entitled to some fun and good times, Mrs. Blair.
9: Call me,
5: Myra. I never did like being called Mrs. Blair.
2: About the questionnaire. Now, perhaps you can
5: answer oh, me... I'll
9: th- to the questionnaire. I'm sorry. I'm just in a nasty mood, that's all. I, I had a fight with him last night another one this morning. I had to blow my top to someone. You just happen to be it.
2: Oh, that's, that's all right.
9: About your questions, honestly, I don't have the answers. It's like I said. sunburn of yours, you, you better do something about it.
2: Well, it, it does burn pretty much all right. My
5: hands are cold. Does this feel good?
2: She bent out over me, and I could feel a breath in my ear. One lock of her hair fell away from forward forehead, and it crushed my nose. Then her fingers touched my face, and I did something crazy. I reached up and grabbed her by the shoulders and kissed her on the mouth. And the next thing I knew, she was in my arms. And she was kissing me and sobbing in a sort of a spilling <laughs> over of emotions
4: that left me scared and
2: limp as a dish rag. Oh, dear. You're gonna
5: change things,
2: aren't you, big boy? Oh, sure. You'll I... help me. Sure. Sure, I, I'd... <laughs> I'd do anything for you. Anything. <laughs> The negligee merged back into the other clothes there. I stuffed the hammer back into the corner and came out into the room again to wait for Myran, His Highness to come home from the party. His Highness.
3: He's unbearable, Ernie. Every time he puts his filthy paws on me, I go all raw inside.
2: No matter what we did or where we went, he was always there in her mind.
3: We had another fight this morning, Ernie. Do you want me to show you the black and blue marks?
2: And then one night when we were having dinner, it all spilled out.
9: There's only one answer, Ernie. i got to get rid of him. Well,
2: that's what I've been saying all along. You've got to divorce him.
9: No, Ernie. That isn't what I mean.
2: Well, then what?
5: I mean I'm going to have to do away with him.
2: Myra? What? You're out of your mind. You don't know what you're saying. No,
9: yes, I do. I have thought it all out. Myra!
2: Don't say such a thing. Don't even think it. What you're suggesting is murder, murder.
5: Ernie. That's right. Murder.
2: I didn't sleep that night. And yet, worried as I was that the idea didn't seem real to me. Murder. It was something you read about. Something for gangsters, madmen to traffic it. It wasn't a thing that could touch me, Ernest Cobb, or Myron. She didn't say anything about that. The next time we were together, I thought she'd come to her senses. She'd just been upset. And then one night, we went rowing in Westlake Park.
9: He's got a gun. He's threatened to kill me.
2: He wouldn't dare. It's
9: him or me, Ernie. i got to get rid of him.
2: Well, get rid of him, yes. But not
9: we... What other way is there? No. That... What other way is there? Name it.
2: Well, how are you going to do it, Mara?
9: I'm going to poison him. You'll help me, won't you? No, I I couldn't. I'm not asking you to feed it to him. You can help me get a little poison, can't you? I don't know anything
2: about poisons, Mara. I don't know anything about murder. Well,
9: you can learn, can't you? If you're that dumb, maybe I can find someone else. Mara. There are others who'd be glad to help. Now,
2: please, me. don't talk like that, Mara. Well. Well, you... You know I'd do anything for you. i just... I...
9: There's a better way, Ernie. What? He's got a big
5: heavy hammer down in his workshop, yeah. Ernie. You could do the trick easy. Oh,
2: no. No, Mara, not me. I'd, I'd do anything in the world for you, Mara. Anything.
9: But, but the one thing that'd help me out of this mess... It's his life or mine, Ernie. If you love me, you do. I
2: can't do that. I can't. you I... leave
9: it for me to do. No, no, could I... It'd be I... a cinch, Ernie. You could sneak into the house some night when we were out and hide until we get home. With that hammer it'd be all over in a second. And then we'd say a burglar came. Oh, no,
3: and... Myra, no. Oh, you I... don't love me,
9: really. It's all just Oh, No,
2: no, it isn't. You you know better than that. I worship you, Myra. I couldn't live without you. Ernie, you if know... you
9: want me, you've got to do it. You've got to, Ernie. All
2: right, Myra. I I suppose I knew I'd have to. It's just a little hard we get used to the idea, that's all. But I'll, I'll do it. Some... I looked at my watch. It was ten past two. They'd be home soon. I lost my nerve once. I started downstairs and someone... Walk past the house, that's all. Just walk past the house. I ran back up into that bedroom with my heart pounding so that it drowned out the sound of the clock. Then the headlights of a car flashed across the wall. A car that was turning into that driveway. There's no mistaking at this time, this was it. I could hear the voices of a man and a woman. The woman's voice was Myra's. Slam up a car door. Footsteps on the cement driveway. I eased back into the closet once more. Up for the hammer on the floor and closed the door. All but a little crack. Then I heard the front door open and close. Somebody walking upstairs.
9: Come on, Tiffany. Wake up. Wake oh, up. Come on. have got to get undressed. It. It.
2: it was Mara. The kid was asleep and she was carrying her.
9: That's the girl. That's the girl. Stand up. That's it. Turn around, darling. Come on. get on. unbutton your dress. There. You go in your own room, dear. Take off your shoes. Mama will be right in.
2: I'm walking toward the closet. Ernie.
1: Ernie, are you there?
2: Yes. I knew she was standing there, but I couldn't see her. I groped for her in the darkness. My hand touched her shoulder, and then she was in my arms, her body pressed against mine, and I was did kissing you, her.
9: Did you find the hammer?
2: Oh, Myra, I... I, Did you. you
9: find the hammer?
2: Yeah, the, the, the hammer, yes.
9: He's putting up the car. He'll be up in a minute. All
2: right. I, it's all off. I can't do it. You've got to. I can't. I can't do it. Ernie, listen to me. I can't. I tell you I Shut can't. Shut up
9: and listen to me. Ernie, you say you love me. Oh, you
2: know I do. I worship and you. you want Marie. me, don't you? More than anything in the world.
9: All right, then. If you want me, you've got to do it. Mommy. I... Mommy. Co- Co- coming, darling. Quick, Ernie, you'll do it.
2: I'll do it. Of course I'll do it. I knew you would. Kiss me and close the door. And then I heard him coming upstairs. He came into the room and switched on the light. I heard him moving around. I figured he was undressing and getting ready for bed.
6: Well, is she asleep?
9: She will be in a minute.
6: Well, that kid isn't getting enough sleep, Myra. Now
9: don't start that again, please. Where are you going? Oh, well, the
6: clothes closet to get my pajamas. Why? I
9: held my breath. Uh, I'll get them for you. i flat myself against the wall.
2: She opened the door, reached for the pajamas. Our eyes met for an instant, and she was gone. The door closed.
5: Here. Here you are.
6: Well, <laughs> thanks. What are you hiding in there?
9: What do you mean,
6: hiding? Well, the way you made a dive for that door, oh, I thought... Nott, that... What would I be
9: hiding? Oh, I don't know.
6: I just said... What, what are you
9: doing?
3: Say, what's the matter with you
6: tonight, Myra? There's
3: nothing the matter
6: with me. Why? Oh, you're so jumpy. Well,
3: can't I ask you what you're doing? Fooling with the clock?
6: Sure, but why jump out of your skin? I'm just setting the alarm. It's
3: all already set.
6: I'm setting it ahead for 4 o'clock. Why? Because i got to be at the plant at 5 this morning. We gotta... I've got a trial run.
4: Oh.
2: This was something we hadn't figured on. I looked at my watch.
4: Well, it's
9: three now. You won't get much sleep.
2: I know,
6: but I can't help it.
9: D- don't put the clock on my table. Put it on your side where it always is. Oh,
6: okay, if it's so important. Hey, how did all this water get on the floor here?
9: Through, through the window, I suppose. I oh,
6: don't know, but it's closed. Uh,
9: I closed it when I came up. We we, we left it open. Oh. Well, if you're if you're getting up
2: at four, you better get to sleep, don't you think? Oh, so. I heard them getting into bed.
9: Well, good night. Good night, Maya.
2: The stage was set. I breathed easy. Now, I'd only have to wait for him to. Then the thought struck me. Suppose he doesn't fall asleep right away. Suppose he doesn't fall asleep at all. He isn't so tired, even if it is late. He doesn't sound knocked out to me. And before he can get to sleep, the alarm will go off, and I... I looked at my watch. It was exactly five minutes past three. Eh, this'll never do. I thought I gotta get a Ahold hold of myself. I've got nearly an hour yet, and in that time he ought to. I listened. I couldn't hear a sound. Was he asleep? He might be, but I didn't know. I had to be sure. I'd wait half an hour. And if I didn't hear anything by then, I could be pretty certain he was. The minutes dragged on and I listened. When the half hour was up and I hadn't heard a sound, I sat down on the floor, took off my shoes, and I picked up the hammer and turned the doorknob. I turned it very slowly... It made no sound. Then I opened the door and stepped into the room.
6: Who who's that? Who's there?
4: Daddy. I want to drink water.
6: Oh. Oh, chill. All right, baby. Just a
4: minute. What? What's
6: the matter? Oh, it's the kid. She wants to drink water. Oh no. No, don't
9: get up. Don't get up, Greg. Go back to sleep. I'll get it.
6: I stepped back into the closed
2: closet Closed the door I felt the blood drain from my head I leaned against a wall I heard Myra go into the kid's room And then I slid to the door yeah. I guess I must have passed out then Or fainted or something Because the next thing I remembered was sitting up Startled, wondering where I was I looked at my watch It was three minutes to four I remember now where I was and what I was there for I was in the closet There was a man on the other side of the door That I had to kill before an alarm went off And the alarm went off at four I remember that I had to be very quiet Because the man was asleep Everything I did from that time on was automatic I acted like a man in a dream I picked up the hammer and stood up I opened the door And crept into the room I could see the hands of the clock by his bed. It was almost four. I didn't. was looking at a man sitting up in the other bed. And he was pointing a gun at me.
6: Hello, Ernie. I moved the clock. You saved me a lot of trouble.
2: I looked down at the bed I was standing over. And I saw Myra. And blood. And the hammer. <sighs> and suddenly I felt an insane desire to laugh. And then a a sob caught
4: in my throat. (laughs) I I couldn't control myself. (laughs) I I started to laugh. I couldn't stop.
6: brought you Lloyd Nolan, as star of Murder for Myra, tonight's study in
8: Suspense. This is Truman Bradley for Roma Wines, the sponsor of Suspense. August, one of the warmest months, calls for tall, frosty iced drinks, and famous hostess Elsa Maxwell recently said, I have discovered the perfect hot weather drink. Wonderfully cooling and refreshing, one that guests really go for. I mean, Roma Wine and Soda, made with distinguished Roma, California, Burgundy, or Sauterne. Yes, Roma Wine and Soda is simple to prepare. Half-fill tall glasses with Roma, Burgundy, or Sauterne. Add ice cubes, sparkling water, and a bit of sugar. And for a decorative touch, garnish with cherries or fruit. And be sure to use Roma wine, always uniformly good, yet costs only pennies a glass, so you can serve it often. And next time you use vermouth, choose Roma vermouth, sweet or dry. Zestful, full-flavored Roma vermouth is blended and developed with all the traditional winemaking skill of Roma wineries. is made and bottled in the heart of California's famous vineyards, yet surprisingly low-priced. Try Roma Vermouth soon, won't you?
6: Lloyd Nolan appeared through the courtesy of 20th Century Fox and will soon be seen in their production Captain Eddie. Next Thursday, three of radio's most distinguished actors whom you have heard often in this series will be stars
8: of Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrill. Presented by Roma Wines. R-O-M-A. Made in California, all enjoyment throughout the world. The Columbia Broadcasting System.
10: Lever Brothers Company, makers of Swan, the soap that gives you a wonderful new kind of suds, presents.
4: Our
9: friend, Swan. With my friend,
10: Irma. Starring Mary Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane.
4: Friendship, friendship, just a perfect friendship. When other friendships have been forgot, there's
9: awards and prizes for outstanding accomplishments. There's the Academy Award for Motion Pictures, the Pulitzer Prize for the Best Plays, and the Carnegie Medal for Heroism. That's the one I should get. Why? Because I live with Irma Peterson. (laughs) Now, don't get me wrong. Me, Jane, Stacy, I think Irma's a pretty nice kid. It's only that in her mind, there's a vacuum that even Hoover couldn't duplicate.
4: <laughs>
9: For instance, the other night, I came home and found Irma sitting in the apartment with the lights off. So I said, honey, why are you sitting in the dark? And Irma said, well, I just made some cookies, and the recipe said, when finished, set in the dark place and cool. <laughs>
4: <laughs> See what I mean?
9: and Irma is the least of my problems. I, unfortunately, happen to be one of those girls who is in love with the man she works for. Up until now, I felt I had the field pretty well to myself. But yesterday, Richard engaged a new girl in the office, one Gloria Benson. I'm so burned up, I could scream. Oh, Jane. Yeah, honey? When I picked you up for lunch yesterday, who is that new girl in the office? New girl? I hadn't even noticed her. Well, your boss, Richard, seems very attentive to her. He it did. It's funny, it escaped me completely. He's very pretty. Really? I didn't even pay any attention to what she looked like. She has lovely red hair. That's henna. <laughs>
4: it's
9: henna because I saw all the dark roots. Oh, Jane, then you are worried. Worried? Oh, honey, don't be ridiculous. <sighs> I should hate to think I had to worry about some... Brazen little redhead with false eyelashes and a figure that. uh, She is pretty, isn't she? (laughs) Well, just to look at. uh, Don't worry, Jane. You've got a great deal more inside of you than she has. Inside of me? (laughs) There's a comforting thought. It may interest you to know, Irma, that very few men go around carrying fluoroscopes. (laughs) Oh, but, Jane, I'd I'd hate to think you were jealous. I never get jealous of Al.
4: Oh.
9: (laughs) Irma, why do you always have to bring his name up when we're talking about people? (laughs) And, Irma, please understand, I'm not at all worried about losing Richard. In fact, I have a date with him this evening. He's coming over. Hello?
11: Hello, Jane. This is Richard.
9: Oh, uh, Richard, I was just about to call you.
11: Well, if it's about our date, Jane, I- I'm afraid I'll have to disappoint you. I'm staying at the office this evening. Oh,
9: and... um, you need any help?
11: No, no, Miss Benson, the new girl, will be here. Oh, that's why I'm staying late. I want to show Gloria how we operate. <laughs> you know, there, there just isn't time during the day. You understand, don't you?
9: Certainly I do. And goodbye, Dr. Rhinelander. <laughs> oh, Jane, what's wrong? Nothing. Then why are you chewing your hat? Oh, was I? Well, it's just that he... Oh, Irma, how can he do this to me? I hate him. Men are beasts. Yes, isn't it thrilling? (laughs) Oh, Irma, please, this is no laughing matter. Richard alone in that office with that redhead. Who knows what can happen? Yes, she's liable to get your books all mixed up. (laughs) Oh, don't cry, Jane. Oh, I can't help it. But don't forget what you once told me. There are plenty of fish in the ocean. I admit they won't take the place of men, but it'll give you a hobby. Oh. (laughs) Oh, Irma, just be still. I know what I'll do. I'll quit. That's what I'll do, I'll quit. Well, do you think you should? Certainly. I've been a blind fool. Well, I've worked my last day for Richard Rhinelander. Well, it's your own fault, Jane. You should work nights like the new girl. (laughs) Now, Irma, listen. My quitting is a personal matter, and I don't want the neighbors to know all about it. All right, what do you think I am, a blabbermouth?
7: Yes. (laughs) Come in. It's only me, Professor Kropotkin. (laughs) Hello, Jane and Irma, my two little church steeples. One with bats in the belfry.
9: (laughs) Why, Professor. Uh,
7: Excuse me, a little joke I picked up from a steeplejack. (laughs) Well, girls, what's new?
9: Jane is quitting her job. Irma. Oh, don't worry, Jane. I'm not going to tell him about the redhead who's in the office with Richard tonight.
7: (laughs) Jane, you are really quitting your job. And this redhead.
9: Please. Professor, I'd rather not talk about it.
7: Jenny, darling. Don't let jealousy, that green-eyed monster, get the best of you. That's what ruined my marriage, that green-eyed monster. Jealousy? No, my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little joke to cheer you up.
9: (laughs) I've been trying to cheer up, too. I told Jane she can get another fellow, maybe someone like my Al.
7: Please, Irma, a remark like that is only good for stopping hiccups. (laughs) Janey, dear. Oh, no,
9: stop trying to cheer me up, the two of you. I'm a grown woman. I, but why should he treat me like this because of some
7: redhead? What do men find so fascinating about these flaming redheads? I've known plenty. Believe me, their hair may look like it's on fire, but many turn out to be false alarms.
9: <laughs> Come in. Hello, Jane. Hello, Mrs. O'Reilly. Hello, Irma. Hello, Mrs. O'Reilly.
7: Look, Demetria don't say hello. It's an intuition. She knows I hate her. Uh...
9: <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Jamie,
4: here are the socks I promised you I'd knit for Richard.
9: Oh, thanks, Mrs. O'Reilly, but I haven't any need for them now. Irma, you can give them to Al. Oh, Jane, I don't think a girl should give her fellow socks. That, that's very personal. After all, that's where he keeps his feet. <laughs> But, Janie, darling, you wanted them especially for Richard. What happened? She had a fight with him over a redhead. Oh, Irma, be still. Don't take it to heart, Janie. Men are a dime a dozen. Take me, I'm 39.
7: How's that again?
9: I've been a widow for 39 years.
4: (laughs) I'm not much to look at. I'm just an old landlady. And would you believe it, the men still make eyes at me. (laughs)
7: Nowadays, a man will do anything to get a room. <laughs> Believe me, Mrs. O'Reilly, when the housing shortage is over, your own cat won't go out with you. I listen here, you. Oh, please,
9: please, don't get started again, the two of you. Here's the money for the socks, Mrs. O'Reilly. Thank you, Janie. Come on, Professor, the girls want to be alone.
7: I'm leaving. And Janie, dear, don't cry. He's making you miserable now. But someday you'll be his wife, and then you'll show him what real misery is like. (laughs) Goodbye.
4: Jane, honey,
9: is there anything I can do to cheer you up? No, Irma. I've reached a decision with Richard, and I'm going to go through with it. If he likes Miss Benson, that's entirely up to him. In fact, I'm going to write him a letter of resignation immediately. I want him to get it in the mail the first thing in the morning. Come in.
12: Hello, Jane. Hi, chicken.
9: Hello, Hal, honey. What makes you so happy?
12: Just got the news. They're raising the unemployment check from $20 to
4: $25. <laughs> $25? Yeah.
12: And to think my mother wanted me to go to college.
4: Gee,
9: <laughs> yeah, now you'll have real money.
12: Well, ain't just counting on that. You know, little Al always got a hot deal on the fire. This one's absolutely foolproof.
9: Oh, it sounds exciting, Al, honey. What is it?
12: It's a special television set for watching horse races.
9: But, Al, you can do that with any television set.
12: I know, but this one fixes the race. (laughs) Hey, Jane, do you think Richard might be interested in investing in the idea? Jane, did you hear me?
9: Al, don't mention his name. You see, Jane and Richard are not F-P-E-E-C-H. Al, how do you spell speaking?
12: <laughs> hey, Jane, is this on the level?
9: That's right, Al.
12: What is it, his folks?
9: No, redhead.
12: Why, the big stiff, doing that to you, Jane.
9: Oh, well, what's the difference? Al, if you'll excuse me, I'm going into the bedroom and write my letter of resignation.
12: <clears throat> Poor, frustrated kid.
9: You see, chicken, how lucky you are with a guy
12: like me. You'll never catch me running around with other dames. I got my philosophy about that. What is it, Al? All dames are the same. To me, they're like pinball machines. No matter how fancy they are, no matter how much they seem to light up and glow in the dark, you'll never get your money out of them.
4: Well,
9: Al, is that the way you feel about me? Oh,
12: no, chicken. With you, it's different. You're already tilted.
9: <laughs>
4: well,
9: I've, I've scribbled a note to Richard. Who oh, can we hear it, Jane? Uh, After all, Al and I are your best friends. We might be able to help you. Well, that's sweet of you, kids. It's it's wonderful to have friends. Well, here it is. Mr. Richard Rhinelander, dear sir. Gee, that's nice and cold. Yeah. (laughs) Dear sir, I have been in your employ for the past two years and feel I have discharged my duties rather efficiently. It wasn't entirely my fault that our business association grew into a more personal relationship. And certainly nothing I have done could justify your behavior of the past 48 hours. To wit, one redhead.
4: <laughs>
9: By your actions, I have recognized you for what you really are, an unmitigated, uncouth, unprincipled... You left out unAmerican, american
4: <laughs>
9: ...unscrupulous Lothario. How's that? Oh, good, Jane. And you can tell him for all we care he can go back to Lothario where he came from. <laughs>
12: Chicken, Lothario ain't a country. You're thinking of Rouet, a province in France.
4: Oh,
9: Oh, Al, please. I accordingly resign my position. Hmm? I never. I. I never want to see you again. Sincerely yours, Jane Sticks. Oh, gee, Jane, you must love him. Don't be silly, I hate him. Well,
12: may all turn out for the best. You're, you're too nice of Dane to worry about that guy. Come on, kids. I'll treat you both to soda.
9: No, thanks, Sal. You, you two run along without me. I'm going to stay here and read the want ads. Here, Irma, you drop the letter in the mailbox. I want Richard to get it the first thing in the morning. All right, Jane. Uh,
12: put on your rubbers, chicken.
4: Is it raining?
12: No, but it might want to take you to a movie, and then fire escapes are slippery. <laughs>
4: See you, Jane. See you, Jane.
9: Richard, you... Oh, it's you, Mr. Rhinelander
11: Jane, I knew that you misunderstood me over the phone And, well, that's why I rushed over here I, I couldn't speak in front of Miss Benson No
9: explanations I... are necessary, Richard If that's what you can... Now, now, please,
11: Jane, let me explain Now, Miss Benson is the niece of a very important client That we're trying to land. Now, frankly, she bores me to death But I have to encourage her in her work So she'll tell her uncle And after that, we'll transfer her to the Boston office
9: Richard, you mean
11: you... Oh, Jane, how could you think that? Now, she's engaged And you know what you mean to me And here I've spent most of this afternoon fighting with Father to get you a $10 raise.
9: For me? Oh, Richard. Uh, Richard. What's the matter? Uh, 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 You don't look well. Uh, Why why don't you take tomorrow morning off? I'll get the mail for you. I never
11: felt better in my life. Jane, what's wrong with you?
9: Oh, uh, uh, nothing. Uh, Richard, uh, what does that sign in front of the post office say?
11: I don't know. Something about... uh... Neither rain, nor snow, nor fire shall prevent the mailman from doing his duty.
9: Oh, for the days of the Pony Express.
10: (laughs) Say, ladies, how would you like to be wrapped in mink from head to toe? Well, you can by winning in the $100,000 lever fur contest. So hurry and enter. Maybe you'll be saying this.
9: Hello. Hello, Grace. Have you heard about me? I won. I won.
4: Hm?
9: Won what? Why, well, I won a $3,000 mink coat. Imagine. I can buy the coat wherever I want to. Or listen, I can have the money. Well, I can hardly believe it. A mink coat. Me.
10: Yes, ladies, you may be a winner. Here are 1,645 prizes in all. 329 each week. Yes, each week, those are the prizes being awarded. One $3,000 mink coat, three $1,000 fur coats, five smart fur jackets worth $500, as well as many other valuable furs and prizes of cash. Here's all you do. In 25 words or less, tell why you like any one of these lever products Swan Soap, Lux Flakes, Lux Toilet Soap, Life Boy, Rinso, or Spry, and close a wrapper or box top from one of those six lever products. Enter as often as you wish each week. First contest closes Sunday night, February 8th. Entries received after that date will be entered in the following contest. Important. Be sure to get an entry blank from your dealer. It will give you all the information you need. Here's a hint. Sincerity counts. Use your own words. Print your name and address and the name and address of your dealer. He'll help you. Mail your entries to Lever Fur Contest, Box 1, New York 8, New York. That address again, Lever Fur Contest. Box 1, New York H, New York.
9: Well, this time, little Jane Stacy really pulled off a butte. Richard has turned out to be the swellest guy that ever lived. And I, like a fool, had to write him a letter calling him more names than there are in the vocabulary of a sailor's parrot. Oh, if he ever gets that letter, well, that's the end, that's all. I'm going out of my mind, thinking of ways to get it back before he reads it. Irma. What, Jane? How am I going to keep that letter from Richard? Well, it's simple. What do you mean? Well, why don't you elope with him tonight? Then tomorrow you'll have the right to open his mail. Oh. <laughs> Irma, be sensible. You. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You've given me an idea. I won't open his mail. I'll just get to the office at 7 in the morning and get the letter from the mailing room before it's distributed. Well, how will you get up so early? By going to bed right now. Irma? You put that book down, turn out the lights. Come on. Oh, but this book is so interesting. It's all about dreams. Dreams? Yes, it explains them. You have no idea what goes on in a person's mind when they're unconscious.
4: <laughs>
9: I have a rough idea.
4: Well, of
9: course, I don't believe it all. this book says if a girl puts a piece of wedding cake under a pillow and dreams, she'll soon get married. Well, honey, why don't you try it? I have, but I get hungry in the middle of the night and I eat up my future. Well, come on, sweetie, put the book down. Now, you know you get nightmares when you read in bed. Like the other night, you woke up screaming that you were cold. You wanted someone to stop the horse. <laughs> oh, yes, I'll never read Lady God, uh, Godiva again.
4: <laughs>
9: now, come on, sweetie, turn out the lights. This is one night that I must not oversleep. All right, Jane, uh, just give me a moment to do my face, uh, let's... Oh, first the cold cream. See, this stuff is so chilly. (laughs) Why don't they make hot cold cream? I'll tell them. Please hurry up, honey. Come on. All right. uh, Now cleansing cream. All-night cream. All-purpose cream. Beauty cream. Sour cream. Sour cream? Yes, I'm hungry. Oh. (laughs) Come on, honey. Come to bed. Well, in a minute, Jane, it takes a while to get all this makeup off. I know, honey, but I've seen him get the barnacles off a battleship in less time. Well, now I'm finished. Now I just want to fix these curlers in my hair. All right. Irma, I'm sure you can do that faster. Every curl doesn't have to spell Al. (laughs) Well, I like to keep him on my mind. Well, here goes the light. Good night, Jane. Good night, honey. Do you mind if I open the window? Oh, no. No, leave, leave it closed, Irma. It's raining. But I can't sleep with the window closed. Well, try for my sake, huh? All right. Good night. Good night, honey. Jane. Jane. Gee, must have been tired of sleep already. Now I can open the window. Oh, Richard. Richard, isn't Niagara Falls beautiful? <laughs> I can feel the spray in my face. <laughs> Irma. Irma, the window's open. I'm getting soaked. Oh, I'm sorry, James. I-, I didn't think it would come in. I'll close it. Oh. Honey, please, will you go to sleep? I must be at the office at 7. All right, James. Good night. Good night. Oh, James. What now, Irma? My foot
4: itches
9: (laughs) Well, scratch it My cat is on your side of the bed (laughs) You're closer All right Where? There Okay? Thank you Good night, Irma Good night, Jane Jane Oh, Jane Hmm? What is it? Are you awake? (laughs) No.
4: Oh. Are you sure?
9: Absolutely. But you spoke to me. I talk in my sleep. (laughs) Oh, Irma, darling, what's wrong now? I can't sleep. Well, try counting sheep. All right. One, two, three, five, six, eight, nine... Eleven? Twelve? What happened to four, seven, and ten? Those are black sheep, and I can't see them in the dark. <laughs> Irma, honestly, if you don't let me sleep, I will scream. Oh, no, you'll wake everybody up. Good night, Irma. Good night, Jane. Huh? Huh? Irma? What, honey? Irma? Get off your knees and stop pleading. Oh, now I've really got trouble. She's talking in her sleep. How dare you try to kiss me? I'm engaged to Al, so you had better go. Go, do you hear me, Van Johnson?
4: <laughs> <laughs>
9: oh, mother. Irma, Irma, honey, get up. Get up. Irma. Huh? Oh, gee, I had the most terrible nightmare. I didn't know what I was doing. You're telling me. <laughs> you sent Van Johnson away and asked for Al. And to me, that's like sending back steak and begging for horse meat.
4: <laughs>
9: gee, why do I get these nightmares? Well, honey, try, try sleeping on your back. It makes me snore. Oh. Well, try sleeping on your stomach. No, I might smother. <laughs> but why don't you try sleepwalking and get out of here... I've got to get up early. Well, Jane, take my advice and go right to sleep. Oh, Mother. (laughs) Oh, no. No, this
7: is all a dream. Who is it? Go. It's only me, Professor Kropotkin. Let me in. It's emergency.
9: Oh, well, wait until we slip into robes, Professor. All right. uh, You can come in now.
7: Girls, I hate to bother you, but maybe you've got some pots and pans. (laughs) You cooking now? Who's cooking? It's raining and the water is coming through the roof.
4: Well,
9: did you tell Mrs. O'Reilly?
7: Don't be silly. She'll charge me for swimming privileges. Oh,
9: <coughs> Professor, please, please ask Mrs. O'Reilly or ask the Martins or ask anybody, but I've got to get some sleep. Good night.
7: All right. All right, Jenny. Don't get excited. I'll tread water tonight.
9: <laughs> oh, Irma, it's past midnight. I'm just getting panicky. If I'm not in that office by seven, my world is ended. Irma Peterson, if you have any love for me at all, please go to sleep. All right. Gee, I guess I I shouldn't have read that book about dreams. Oh, please turn out the light and get in bed or I will... Shh, shh. Say we're not in. Okay. We're not in. (laughs) Chicken, it's me, Al. Oh, what is this? Grand Central Station? Wait till we get our robes on, Al. We're not decent. Jane, don't have an inferiority complex. We're just as nice as anyone. Okay, Al, come on in. Stay a week or two.
12: Didn't mean to barge in on you. Just left the boys and saw you like... Hey, chicken, this is the first time i ever seen you with all the junk on your face that dames use when they go to bed.
4: Interesting, isn't it?
12: Interesting. If you put a cherry on your nose, you could pass for an ice cream sundae. <laughs>
9: Look, Al, it's not that I'm an unfriendly person. I like company as much as the next girl, but not at 1.30 in the morning. Get it, Al? What are well, you so
12: nervous about,
9: Janie? Oh, Al, Richard and I patched up our quarrel and there happens to be a letter in the mail in which I call him everything in the world and I must stop that letter.
12: Say, so, you are know, only the kids got right. Recognize your predicament, Jane. Must stop that letter. Well, how, Al? Only one man who can help us. Who, Al? Who else but... Hello, Joe.
4: <laughs>
12: Al. Got a problem. Joe, who do you know at the post office? Oh, all them guys whose pictures are on the walls. (laughs) No, no, Joe, we're we're, we're trying to stop a letter that's been mailed. How do I do it? Uh Uh-huh. 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 Mm-hmm. You do not wish to tamper with the government because most of your family is with the government. Well, where, Joe? On an island in the Pacific? (laughs) What island, Joe? Oh, Alcatraz. (laughs) Understand your point, Joe, and respect your desire not to travel. Good night, Joe. Looks like you're in a tough spot, Janie.
9: Look, Al, thanks for trying, but if you'll just let me get some sleep, I'll stop that letter myself in the morning.
12: Okay, Jane. Good night, chicken.
9: Al, I know my face is all covered with cold cream, but would you like to just peck me on the cheek?
12: Can't take a chance, chicken. Might slip and bite off your nose. (laughs) Good night and pleasant dreams, chicken.
9: Good night, Al, honey. Here, sit here and talk about Al. Oh, Irma, will you turn out the lights? Minus, it's almost two and I should get up at six. How will I get eight hours sleep in four hours? Well, you can drag it out, sleep slow. Oh. <laughs> Irma, for the last time, if you make one more sound until I tell you so, help me. I don't know what I'll do. You have my promise. Good night. <laughs>
4: Hmm? Oh, Oh.
9: Oh, Irma. Irma, the telephone. Yes, it's ringing. Well, answer it. It's on your side of the bed. Oh, all right, all right, I'll get it. Hello? What? Richard? Oh, my goodness, what time is it? (gasps) Irma, it's noon. I know. Why didn't you wake me? You told me not to make a sound until I heard from you. Oh. Oh, uh, Richard. Uh, Richard, there's something I must tell you. You you see the letter, Richard? I mean, I just... Excuse me a minute, Richard. Oh, he knows. He knows. Oh, Jane, you're crying. Here, I have some Kleenex in my purse. Oh, Jane, look. What? You're going to hate me. Why? I forgot to mail the letter. (laughs) What? Oh, bless you. Oh, hello, Richard. Oh, and... It's nothing, Richard. No, nothing happened. I just overslept. <laughs> Crying? Well, oh, that's ridiculous. Of course, I think the world of you. I always have thought the world of you. I never thought anything different. I'll be right down, Richard. Oh, Irma, you are a darling. Irma. Can you kiss me. And I'll do it again. I like
4: that, but don't tell Al he's so jealous. Yeah. Oh. <laughs>
10: Ladies, make your bath a real pleasure and a beauty bath at the same time with white floating swan soap. You can because swan's exclusive super creamed blend gives you a wonderful new kind of beauty lather for your bath. Rich, creamy lather that cleanses gently, then rinses away so completely your skin is left fresh, smooth, lovely as ever. Yes, it's the perfect bath soap. Super creamed swan soap. (laughs) My Friend Irma, presented by Swan, another fine product of Lever Brothers Company, was produced and directed by Cy Howard. Tonight's script was written by Cy Howard and Park Levy. Frank Bingman speaking.
4: Spry, cakes are light and high. Spry, there's a reason why. Spry, cakes with Spry. Rely on
6: Spry. You bet there's a reason why Spry is the cake-making wonder. Spry has an amazing cake-improver secret. Try the Sure Spry one bowl way and be certain of lighter, finer, richer cakes every time. No other type of shortening has Spry's Cake Improver Secret. For new cake-making success, rely on Spry. Pure all-vegetable Spry with Cake Improver.
4: Rely on Spry. F-B-R-Y
10: tune in next week one hour earlier and listen to the Lux radio theater immediately followed by my friend Irma this is CBS the Columbia Broadcasting System well guys that
0: does' it for Miss Kathy Lewis in her performance on the show this morning. Please join me later on tonight as I bring to the show Mr. Edward G. Robertson and then to tickle our funny bone, Miss Alice Faye and Mr. Phil Harris in the Phil Harris and Alice Faye show. And then join me in the coming weeks as I bring such stars as Miss Lucille Ball, Miss Murray Wilson, and Kathy Lewis in the CBS comedy show My Friend Irma, the feud between Miss Joan Crawford and Miss Betty Davis, and many others. If you like the show, please comment and subscribe, guys, and have a great day. Thanks.